happiness. For many of us, it can be elusive. We go about our day, we've got so many things to think about, so many things to do, so much stuff going on, that we might be happy, we may be able to smile to the person next to us, but we may forget how to be happy all the time. We may forget how to go ahead and and take that happiness and bring it with us everywhere we go and bring it into everything that we do. The day-to-day grind gets so many of us down and it gets us down in ways that it's almost hard to imagine a way out of it. Sometimes, for some people. And then you have other people, people who light up the world around them with this breed of happiness that the only way to describe it is infectious and that's meant in the best possible way because it just it spreads to every single person around them. Here's a story for you. A little while ago, I was downtown Cleveland walking around with my filmmaker. We were doing some shoots for some videos to put together for online. We were taking a break because it was cold outside. We were walking around. I wasn't wearing a coat at all, and he had forgotten to bring gloves. And we were walking around, and his hands were freezing cold, trying to hold on to the metal that held on to the camera. And I was freezing cold because I was trying to pretend like I wasn't cold at all and walking around and being all cool, but... It was cold. It was in the 20s, and we were getting pretty cold. So we were right nearby Tower City Center. We went in over there to get in and out of the cold. We said, you know, hey, let's take a little break. We'll get a coffee. We stopped off to get a coffee. And the girl who helped us was so incredibly alive, so incredibly in the moment, so incredibly happy that you couldn't help but smile when you just spoke to her, when she just beamed at you. A little bit later, I was putting some stuff into my coffee to make it the way that I wanted it to be, and I could hear her from 30 feet away in a crowded, noisy place just saying to the next customer, Hey, how you doing? And just bubbling over with joy and happiness in such a way that I I looked at Matt and I said, Matt, I've got to get her for my podcast. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we have as our special guest this girl her name is Shardeja Relaford and she is going to be on the podcast today telling us a little bit about her journey and about how she has managed to come into such a place of happiness and to such a place of joy that she's able to spread it to every single person around her in such an enlightening and beautiful way This is the Way to Greatness podcast, where we explore the journey from failure and mediocrity to success and greatness. And now your host, Ari Gunsberg. Shradeja, welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being on. I know it might have been hard to stay quiet while I was talking just now. It's all good. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? What do you do? What are you all about? Okay. Well, first, I am a barista at Starbucks. That is my go-to job. I love that job. I love working there. That's where we met. That's where you met me as a Starbucks and everything. 
I am a freshman in college. I go to online school, ASU, Arizona State University. I have three cats. One was pregnant. I'm about to become a cat mom. Oh, nice. Yes. That's got to be very exciting. When's that coming up? <laughs> uh, I feel like she's going to have her baby at the end of this month. So I got to get prepared. You know, I'm excited. That's awesome. I remember when I was a kid, kittens were the bomb. Kittens are awesome. Oh, yeah. As much as people may say I'm a dog person, not a cat person, whatever, kittens rock, I think. They do, yes. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) If it's okay with you, I want to just touch back into your life a little bit. You did mention to me before the show that you've had life experiences where you've suffered from depression. Mm -hmm. And and you also mentioned the environment that you grew up in. Can you Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about those? Yes, I wasn't always happy. Growing up, I grew up in like a poor neighborhood, moving from house to house, transferring for a whole bunch of schools, trying to make new friends. Um, and so like one day I just had to like discipline myself and tell myself, I don't always want to be sad for the rest of my life. Well, you have one life to live. It didn't happen overnight. It happened with growth and self-love. I just had to tell myself, like, you want to be that person that everybody can go to when they're feeling down. You can't help somebody when they're sad, when you're sad. Over time, I just learned to accept myself. I learned to grow. I learned that I I don't want to be sad for the rest of my life. I want to be happy. I want to enjoy life. I want to laugh and live. And by me doing that, I helped quite a bit of my friends that I have right now. And it helped me a long way. And it still helped me a long way because I'm here now and I will continue to just be bright and happy. Like no matter what people say, or no matter how people look at me weird, they think I'm on something that just because I'm happy. I'm like, I'm just naturally happy. That's all I can be. What I love is that you literally just told us that you make a conscious decision on a daily basis, on a minute by minute basis mm-hmm. to be happy and that you've developed this ability to make that choice always Mm-hmm. based on your own personal self-work. Yes. How did that journey work? How did you get from from depression? Like, What was your moment of epiphany? What, what was the moment where you said, this has got to change, I got to do something about this? Well, first, um, I just didn't want, like when I went to the doctors and everything, and they told me like, oh, well, we're going to prescribe you with meds and stuff. Like me personally, I didn't want to be on no type of prescription just to not, benefit me at all you know i know yeah my my friends not all of them but some of them you know they were suffering through like anxiety and depression all the negative stuff and i'm like well if i love my friends care so much about my friends i care so much about myself i have siblings too and if i want to be a role model towards my siblings i have to change myself for the better not just for myself but for people around me people that look up to me you know which can be anybody you never know. Yeah, which could be anybody. Yeah. So instead of a world filled with like COVID negativity and just bad things, I want to be that person that can be happy, be excited to wake up, you know, have a smile on my face 24-7. Even though like there are bad days, like don't get me wrong, like I'm not happy all the time. Right. But there are days where I just have to look at myself in the mirror like, you, you got this. It's just a bad day, not a bad life. You got this. You can still get up. You can still go to work. You can still get the schoolwork done. You can still walk down the street and just brush it off your shoulders. Because it's not going to last. I have to keep telling myself like this. 
this bad journey I'm going through is not going to last just the beginning. Oh, the bad's not going to last and the good's going to come back. And so I should just be focused on being happy. Yes. I've got so many thoughts going through my head right now. Sorry. <laughs> for No, that's not your fault. This is amazing. Wait, for a lot of people, it takes them years to figure out that there's so many people around them that are looking up to them and recognizing that they're role models. And then just because they recognize that doesn't even necessarily allow them the inner strength to change. So you have recognized at a very young age that you are a role model to your younger siblings, that you're a role model to the kids around you, to your peer group even. Mm-hmm. And then you've gone a step further and you've taken action based on that realization. Yeah. Can you bring us into this journey that you took to wake up one day and say, hey, whoa, I'm able to affect the life of every single person around me just by being happy. And then to the journey of this is how I'm going to be happy. Yeah, I had to grow up at a very young age, sadly. Like I never really had a childhood. Um, I know it's like kind of sad to hear. Can I ask why? Yeah, just personal things going on with my mom, my dad, um, family issues, unnecessary drama that I was exposed to as a child. And I don't recommend, you know, children. How old were you? I'd say like, it was a young age, like nine when it all started, probably oh. seven or nine when it all started and everything. But I still think about it sometimes, but I don't let that affect me. I don't let my past affect me. I let my past help me grow and help me better myself for my upcoming future. You don't let it affect you for the negative, only affect you for the positive. Mm-hmm. Like I turned that negative into a positive, if that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a specific formula for how you did that? Yes. I think God or a higher power that I woke up and start my day. Gratitude. Yeah. And I start my day with expose myself to like lightness, either artificial light or sun or natural light. I wake up myself to some type of light in the room. And then I look at myself in the mirror and I give myself like, you know, a little motivational speech or tell myself I'm beautiful or I can make it through today. It all starts with you. Like it all starts with you telling yourself over and over and over that you're going to make it. You're going to do great today. Whatever comes your way, you're going to overcome it. Because if you keep telling yourself the same thing, you're going to believe it. Yes, it's true. You're going to start believing it. So instead of me like... The loudest voice in the room, that's the one who you're going to listen to. Yeah. If I have all these people and all this stuff going on in my life, like negative stuff and everything, and I keep surrounding myself with that, I'm going to start feeling like that. I'm going to start feeling down. I'm going to start feeling ugly about myself. So one day I'm like, okay, it has to start with me. I have to be the one that brings myself up and bring myself to not be so surrounded. I have to have some type of self-love or some type of positivity around me if I'm not getting it from nobody else. And I also like uh, surrounding myself with motivational quotes and everything. I just started starting to do that. Surround myself with pictures. Like I go on Google and look at pictures of cute cats or cute dogs. Just try to find any type of... <laughs> the cats again. Yes. Just try to find any type of... Positive stuff. Yeah. So some of the tools in your toolbox sound like they're waking up with gratitude. Mm-hmm. waking up with light because it's funny that you brought that up because so many people don't realize it, mm-hmm. but the sun, I'm going to say sunlight, but there are ways to get that sunlight artificially, like you mentioned, but mm-hmm. sunlight has such a profound effect on our ability to be happy. Yes. 
like it's a known and documented fact as far as I know that people who live in the northern areas right mm-hmm. the further north the people live the higher of a rates of depression there are versus yes. the southern where people where there's more sun yes so you practice gratitude the first thing when you wake up then you introduce light into your morning as early as possible mm-hmm. and you give yourself constant pep talks, telling yourself all the reasons why you should be happy, why you're going to succeed, why you're awesome, which is amazing because a lot of people don't do that. And a lot of people are only, like you said, listening to all the negativity around them and it's causing havoc in their lives, right? They, and they don't necessarily even realize that the people around them are toxic. Mm-hmm. And you're not only realizing that the people are toxic, but you're also sitting there and saying, I'm not just going to listen to them. I'm not going to just ignore them. I'm going to fight back deliberately. And I'm going to be the loudest voice in the room. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be the one who's saying loud and clear all day long. You got this. Yes. You're awesome. You can do it. You can be happy. Yes. It's amazing. I had to also tell myself, peaceful lies, you know, the lies that don't hurt as much. I was trying to tell myself, well, I can't, there is no place for me to judge the next person next to me. I have to judge myself before I judge other people. And I have to, like, hear the harsh truth by myself. I have to feel like, what's wrong with me? Like, what do I need to fix about myself before I can help fix other people or help them with whatever they're going through? Because people come to me all the time and ask for advice from me and everything. I can't give advice to people if I'm just feeling down the dump. Like, they won't get the best advice for me. Yeah, and that changed my perspective of, okay, like, all these people are coming to me, asking for advice, asking for a shoulder to cry on, and I have to be that support. And it's tough knowing that people come to you and you have to be that the ground for them. Absolutely. But you have to be a ground for yourself as well. It starts with you first before you can help other people. It starts with you. Well said. Mm-hmm. Thank you. There's an old saying, if I'm not for me, who will be for me? Mm-hmm. You keep on talking about helping out the people around you, which I think is brave, notable, and, and inspiring, really. Basically, is this all the people that you grew up with in this environment where it was a little bit harder to get by? Um, Most of them. And then others I met down the road, like in high school or elementary school. Most of it is for my siblings and everything, but a majority of it as well is for my friends, my close friends that I made over the years of, you know, in high school or elementary school. Even though it started at a young age, sad to say, but I just had to, I grew up, I had to grow up at a young age and that matured me a lot quicker or faster than my peers. Right. Now that you're talking about how you do all this and you help people, what field are you trying to go into? Oh, well, I'm studying psychology at the moment in college, but honestly, I always wanted to become a writer or an animator, but so I took a class in psychology in my senior year of high school, and that just really interests me. I learned about the basic of the human mind, human behavior, you know, all the things on to why we feel like this or why we act the way we do off of emotion. I'm like, okay, I can actually take this field and turn it into something. I can actually become like a psychologist or somebody that can go to, to speak to. The, a social worker. Yeah, or a social, yeah, thank you. Or a social worker, you know. Any type of counselor, right. That's what I was wondering is with the way that you kept on talking about how you love helping the people around you and how you love making sure that you're happy to be able to help the people around you mm-hmm. be happier or deal with whatever they're going through. Mm-hmm. I was thinking to myself that she's probably going into like some type of psychology or social work or something like that. Mm-hmm. You were right. <laughs> Fascinating. You mentioned both the before and 
just previously that you've had some traumatic childhood experiences. Mm-hmm. Would you be comfortable sharing any of those or no? Oh, yeah, I can share uh, probably one. <laughs> okay, so now I look back at it, it, I'm not like as emotional about it no more. Okay. But um, my dad, uh, my dad, he never was really um, stable in me and my siblings' life. Um, he is a drug addict, sadly, and no matter how many times we try to help him, he chose the drugs over his own family. And that was a very traumatic you know, experience for me as a child, knowing that... How old were you? I was young, still around seven or nine, until now, oh, like boy. it's still happening now. It's been going on throughout my whole childhood. And... You know, I hear stories from my mom. Like my mom was like, he wasn't always like that. He was actually a great man. But me, I wasn't born when she's telling me all these great things about him. Right. I only experienced the things that he showed me throughout my childhood. I still keep in contact with them, you know, because at the end of the day, that is my dad. Yep. Just can't completely cut him. Like there was a point in my time where I did cut off from my dad. I didn't pick up his phone calls. I completely like blocked him out. But I had to tell myself, like, okay, like, what if you actually do lose your dad one day? You don't get another dad. Nobody can replace your actual dad. You don't get another chance. Yeah, you don't get another chance to actually, like, right. sit down and talk to your dad. So it took a lot of forgiveness. It took a lot of time and patience for me to forgive my dad for all the stuff that he did, that he's still doing. I just had to accept them. I just have to accept my dad, like, okay, my dad is a drug addict. Oh, I just have to accept that. Um, and he doesn't want, he doesn't accept no other type of help. I can't help him. You know, I can't help somebody that doesn't want help. I can't force the help on him. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Exactly. I will tell you, I don't have tons of experience with this whole drug addict stuff, but I do have some. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Baltimore, so... Mm-hmm. Baltimore, I think at times, I don't know if it still is, but at times has been the, the heroin capital of the world. Mm-hmm. I know people who have done a lot of personal work in NAAA, stuff like that, and people who have relapsed. And uh, unfortunately, I have friends who are no longer with us, all from all from drugs and stuff. So mm-hmm. one thing that I will tell you, you know, you mentioned before that he chose drugs over his own family. Yeah. So the hard thing is, is that they're so wrapped up in the world of drugs that it's not even necessarily their sane mind making that choice, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. It's not to absolve them from blame, right? Because they mm-hmm. can always change. But but the problem is when somebody is so, so hooked into that situation, when they're so involved in that world, Mm-hmm. It becomes so normal for them and it's so mind altering and it so changes attitudes and the way that people act and so many things that it's almost not even them anymore. Basically, going back to the information that I know from from people who were in the program and stuff, like sometimes somebody just needs to hit rock bottom and that's until they hit that rock bottom, mm-hmm. they're never going to turn around and look back at themselves and say, hey, maybe I have a problem here. Maybe I need to do something, right? They're going to continue going on and on and on and telling themselves, I'm fine. Really, I'm okay. I'm still keeping it going. I'm really okay. I'm really okay. I'm really okay. Now it's all good because I got this and that's all good because I got this. But then they hit that rock bottom moment and boom, you know, they start to realize mm-hmm. maybe something's got to change. And that's the moment when it's possible to reason with these people. And that's the moment when it's possible to potentially get them help. And even then, and this is the saddest and hardest part about it, even then, it often doesn't even do anything. Yeah. 
I'm really sorry. That's probably really hard to go through. No, it's totally fine, you know, because like at the end of the day, I'm not going to say that my dad was just, he didn't do anything for me. Like my dad, he did help me through um, a little of a emotional stress and everything. My dad, he did give good advice, good motivational speeches. Even my own dad said he looks up to me. That really touched my heart because I'm like, wow, my own dad looks up to me, but not, I don't look up to my dad, but my dad looks up to me. And that can change a person. Right. That might go back to what your mom was telling you also, where she mm-hmm. was saying that he was really a good man and the drugs just took him away. And what's left is not the good man that I knew and not the good man that your dad really is. And so there are times when he's able to control everything else going on long enough that he's able to help you through all these things and that you're able to have those moments with him where you're like, you know, you get your real dad back for a little bit and then the drugs take over again, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, it is sad to see him just change to a whole different person. Because that's a whole different person. When drugs take over, it's a whole different person. Not the same person. Yeah. But, yeah, but I did, you know, take the time to forgive him. That's amazing. The fact that you worked through that forgiveness on your own, it's also, it's very inspiring and uh, touching. Thank you. You also mentioned bullying. Do you mind if we touch upon that or do you want to skip that? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been bullied majority of my school experience. Middle school, elementary school, high school. The only time I'm not getting bullied is in college, and I think that. <laughs> I'm thankful for that. <laughs> yeah, well, college people grow up a little bit, although it still happens, I think, but they grow up a lot, and they realize, like, even the bullies are like, nobody cares what I have to say anymore. Yeah. Can you lead us through some of your experiences with that? How did that affect you, and, and how did it make you feel, and what did you do afterwards? You know, we've been talking a lot about growth and and it sounds like at least now you're a very growth oriented person. So did it help you grow back then? And even if it didn't, how has it helped you grow now? Well, I'm going to touch upon where I've been bullied majority of my middle school and high school. Every time the teachers, they would help a little bit, but they can't control. At the end of the day, they can't really control what goes out, goes on outside of school. Let's see, uh, back in middle school, I was in like the sixth to seventh grade. I was the easy target. You know, I didn't have, my mom didn't have a lot of money to give me the new shoes, my hair done all that, all the time. While all the other girls had the new shoes, the hair done, nails done. So me, you know, I was just that easy target. The, oh, she doesn't have her hair done like oh, yeah. that. Or she's not wearing the updated shoes that everybody has. So I was just easy target. But I still managed to make friends. I still managed to make like one or two friends. And I'm very thankful for that. I still talk to yeah. them to this day. You know, I'm very thankful for them. But and I was always, I was a nerd too. I was a teacher's pet. I always get straight A's, B's. You know, the teachers will always pick me or help me help them pass around the papers in the classroom. I was just a go-to to get uh, answers from or the questions from about uh a topic in the in the class. So that also made me easy target like, oh, she thinks she's better than everybody or she thinks she's smarter than everybody. Me, I don't think that at all. I just study, you know, I help the teachers whenever they, they need to help me help. Um I actually care about my education a lot, you know, and that's what bothers them. That my bullies, that's what bothers them. From my own experience, uh and from what I've also read, that may have bothered them. 
Yeah. But ultimately, if that wasn't the case with you and they were trying to pick on you, they would have picked on you anyways, meaning they would have found something else to bother them. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like from what I've read and again, from my own experience, you know, when I was younger, I was bullied also uh, a little bit. And when you look at what the experts are talking about, basically bullies don't need a reason. They'll meaning they'll find a reason. So it's not like it's not like, well, if I just get the right shoes, they'll start accepting me. It's not like, oh, well, if I just start getting my hair done, they'll accept me. They won't. They're going to find something else that's wrong because it's more about they may not look at it like this. They may not be old enough, but they're trying to hurt somebody. You know, they're trying to create harm in somebody's life. Yeah, and I I didn't know this while I was younger. You know, I didn't know this. I just thought maybe if I, like you said, maybe if I get my hair to get the new shoes, like, then they'll accept me. But no, I wish I knew known that when I was younger, but I'm young. I didn't know that. Um, It got to the point where I used to go home and just cry and talk to my mom about it. It just got really bad. You know, that's what uh, was another factor to my depression by just getting bullied and everything. I was suicidal at one point, and it's sad to say all this, but I was suicidal. I did want to, like, kill myself just because, like, why won't they just leave me alone? Why won't, like, I'm going through stuff at home, not going through stuff at school. It was a lot. It was a lot of stress on... It sounds like a lot. Yeah, it was a lot of stress on somebody that was my age. Who's your age? I was in sixth and seventh grade. I was probably, like, 12 or 11. Like, fast forward into, like, you know, my childhood and stuff. And... It sounds like you were going through a tremendous amount of stress and grief and just and angst and turmoil. And it sounds like it was really hard. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I finally realized like, the reason I was going through all that, because you have to go through struggles to become a, a stronger person. Like those yes. struggles make you strong. You know, yes. so I was like, OK, I'm going through these things just so I can become a stronger person overall. It's one of my choice quotes from the bible actually it's from uh king solomon's uh proverbs or ecclesiastes mm-hmm. seven times the righteous man will fall and yet he rises again mm-hmm. that's slightly paraphrased but basically exactly right this is the whole focus of this podcast is you know we see these people when they're successful but we don't necessarily mm-hmm. hear from them when they're going through their failures right mm-hmm. but it's it's exactly the way that we treat failure it's exactly the way that we look at failure and deal with it and then get back up again that creates a strong, defined individual, that creates somebody who has the inner mm-hmm. strength to withstand almost anything. And even when they're thrown under the bus again, and it's even harder than it was the last time, they're like, I got this. I know I got this. You know, Maybe they'll have to do some more inner work to figure out exactly how to get around it. Maybe mm-hmm. it'll take them a while to realize that they can get around it, but not around it, but over it. But every time we go through those struggles, we grow and we grow and we grow and we become bigger and better people because of them. Yes. And the other thing is I never gave up. Accepted failure. I never accepted failure. I always wanted to strive. Just never fail because giving up is so easy. It is. It's about you continuing to go through those battles, continuing to go through all the negative things that people surround you with. It's for you to continue like to go and strive through it, you know, ride the road, go through the journey. It might be bumps, it might be cracks, it might be holes. You just got to climb yourself out of them. Right. Giving up and suicide and all that stuff, it's the easy way out. And it's not, mm-hmm. it's not the best way out. It's the easy way out because what we find, at least what I found, and it sounds like you found this as well, mm-hmm. what we find is that if you persevere and you push through the struggles, 
not only are you a bigger, better, stronger person afterwards, but you also feel better and you also have more self-esteem. You also have more self-confidence. You also have more, you know, self-worth, happiness, just mm-hmm. myriads and myriads of benefits to persevering and to getting through difficult times and not just running away from them. Mm-hmm. So you got bullied and it brought you into a period of tremendous depression. We just touched upon the fact that you were suicidal for a little while. Mm-hmm. How long after all of that did you have this epiphany about being happy all the time and realize that you have a choice and that you can be happy by choice and not by not just, oh, well, now I'm happy because I'm accepted. No, it's my choice. I can be happy no matter what and I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. How long after that happened? Um, well, it, during my high school, I was homeschooled. I was in public high school for my sophomore year. And then half of my junior year, I just went to homeschool because the bullying got to that, like, got so bad that I had to homeschool, go to homeschool. In my junior year, I was 17, 16, I believe. So up to now, 19 now. So a few years. It started in my, yeah, it started in my sophomore year where I had the mindset of, like, okay, like, I've been going through this up until my high school life now. To the point where I just wanted it to all stop. I just wanted all the crying, all the the negative thoughts, all the suicidal thoughts to just stop. And if I'm not getting that support from my family, from my uh, close friends that I thought I had during the time, I have to get it from myself. I have to create that support system for myself. And ever since then, I just continue to tell myself like hey you got this you know you came a long way you came such a long way and you can't just give up now you can't stop now you got so much more that you want in life I want so much in life you know I want to succeed I want to create this support system where everybody can go to not just me for myself I want everybody to go to the support system where they can feel accepted where they can feel loved where they can just enjoy their life because you only have one life and it's sad to uh, see. We only have one life. Yeah, and it's sad to see that everybody just throws it away so easily, or everybody just wastes it based on negativity, or sadness, or just doubt, or self hate, or ivy of other people. I, I know exactly what you mean. Yes. <laughs> and the amazing thing is, one of the amazing things is, we were talking before about how drugs take over somebody's mind and they put them into a place mm-hmm. where. Obviously, they're responsible for their actions, but you can't necessarily hold mm-hmm. them fully accountable for their actions. And I'm not talking in a legal sense or in a, you know, just you have to understand that within the framework of where they're at, the drugs are causing some of their actions to happen mm-hmm. more so than if they weren't on drugs, that they would probably be doing slightly different things or vastly different things, possibly. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting because it's the same thing with negativity. Yeah. Negativity is almost like a drug. When you have these people, they start being negative. They start being toxic. They start, oh, he's out to get me and she's out to get me. And do you see what he did to screw me over? And do you see what he did to go ahead and beat me down? And and on and on and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. And, and like what you just said, there's only one life to live. We've only got this one life. Yeah. It's our choice every minute, every day to choose happiness, to choose life or to choose dissatisfaction and to choose ultimately death because that's what it does is it it leads us to a point of 
everything is bitter and everything is toxic and everything is anger and everything is just it's just all these emotions that 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 don't open us up and they don't expand us and they don't help us break free of whatever we were going through beforehand but they constrict us and they hold us down and they beat us back and they stop us from ever achieving our full potential exactly you mentioned just before to create an environment where people can feel good and feel comfortable and feel good about themselves. You mentioned also to me before the show that you, it sounds like you almost have like an idea of creating a peaceful environment that'll be beneficial for both humans and wildlife. And so, you know, can you, can you talk a little bit more about that idea that you mentioned and about this one? I don't know if they're the same or different, but can you expand on those for us? Yes. I really enjoy nature and stuff like wildlife. I see so many animals get like endangered or like killed off and it's, it's ruining our environment not just wildlife but plastic or litter or trash just in general like it's ruining our environment and right now in college i'm actually trying to write a paper based on the environment how we can improve the environment that we live because like at the same time if you want to start with the healthier you, you got to start with the healthier earth as well because at the end of the day earth is our home like we all live on earth we all want to uh Live a healthier life, you know. Hopefully, everybody wants that. <laughs> yeah, and as of right now, we have no backup. There is no Plan B, everybody. Right. This is it. This is what you got. We only have one. Right. Uh, you know, I enjoy sci-fi books sometimes, and so a theme that I see in in many sci-fi books is the best insurance policy for humankind to continue to survive is by moving us onto multiple worlds as opposed to just one. Mm-hmm. Now. That's a sci-fi idea, and you know I, I understand that it's somewhat of a I don't know a conspiracy theorist, but it's incredibly unlikely that anything actually happens. But you know it's it's this sci-fi idea. So when you're talking about this and saying, "Hey, look, we only have this one world. We only have this one Earth. This is it. That's all we got." And everybody, if if you want to be healthy, now's the time to do something about it. That's that's resonating with everything that they're saying. And mm-hmm. you know something that irks me at least a little bit is that we have these huge chemical conglomerates that are just, you know, producing chemical after chemical and, and putting stuff together. Oh, hey, we have a new chemical. What does it do to the people and to the world, earth and to the world, mm-hmm. water and to the world? We're pretty sure it's safe, but, you know, we're not really sure. Mm-hmm. It's not like this is happening once or twice or three times. And it's not just chemicals. Chemicals is, is the tip of the iceberg. There's tons and tons and tons of situations just like this mm-hmm. where you have humans who are doing things that are intervening in the world and potentially creating a catastrophic system. And unfortunately they're doing it in a way that we are the guinea pigs, right? Right. You know, I understand they, they have systems to test for this stuff, but they, they can't test for the long-term negative side effects from these things. And, and the only way to know about it is to look at what happens in 50 years. And the problem is, is that they can, you know, plausibly argue. And again, we're not talking just chemicals. We're talking about all different types of things where they can plausibly argue. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't necessarily our thing, you know, like it could have been, there's 50 other things that it could have been. It wasn't necessarily this thing that actually caused the danger. I mean, look at, look at that whole situation with Roundup. Roundup is, if I'm not mistaken, going through a whole uh, lawsuit right now because of cancer. And there, you know, people are saying, and this is just one of the many chemicals that may be causing problems that people are saying, you mm-hmm. know, they're taking it to a judge. Obviously, I'm not making any judgments over here, but they're saying 
mm-hmm. that it actually caused stuff. And there, you know, that's going to be decided in a court of law, but that's, that's all over the place. It's, it's up to us to change it. And I think, I think a lot of people in the younger generations are much more attuned to this and much more open to this and much more interested in seeing real lasting change happen. And I notice it. I don't know if you do. I notice it when I walk through the stores because more and more every single store, they're stopping to carry just, okay, here's the regular old chemicals that are, you know, really, really bad, but Mm -hmm. here's, you know, stuff that we've, we made this cleaning spray from the citrus oil and oranges and we made this cleaning Mm -hmm. spray from this. And, you know, they're, they're starting to do it. It's, it's slowly taking hold and I'm appreciative of that. Did you have other thoughts about that? Oh yeah. I'm glad to see people that's around my age or people even younger than me starting to realize like, Hey, like we need to help planet earth. Like we need to save wildlife. We need to save, we just need to start saving things in a responsible way and just not use all of it up. So greedy. People are being more greedy every day with resources that we get from mother nature and everything. You know, and like there's tons of ways to make other things that we use in everything life, like alternatively. You know, like you can alterate things using healthier and beneficial products that won't be so harmful towards us or towards the environment. Absolutely. And hopefully at some point the the shift will be so strong that we really will make a huge impact and just, I guess you could say, reintroduce a way to live in harmony with the, with the world around us. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate the wild areas. Uh, and I do understand that as humans, we need to do certain things. You know, we need to plant food. We need to be able to do food production. We need, there's a lot of things we need to be able to do. Mm-hmm. I'm not all the way over on one side of the spectrum on this where, you know, you can't just forget it, no regulation whatsoever, or, you know, just we have to just live in the forest and never do anything. Mm -hmm. But I think that as a world, I think there is a way to find a good balance. And that's, that's really the answer to many of life's problems is finding a good balance between all the way this way and all the way that way. And Mm -hmm. unfortunately, a lot of stuff nowadays is, is polarizing. You know, people are like, no, we need to be all the way on the right or all the way on the left Mm -hmm. in between. And it's like, well, what about if we can find a way to balance all of the opinions into a way that, that, that makes sense. And I'm not going to say that works for everybody because nothing will work for everybody. Right. But that starts to make more sense and starts to be more, have more of an opportunity for longevity and to stick around and to actually, like we were just talking about, create lasting change. Right. I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. How can we, as adults and young adults, inspire creativity in youth? And once you're talking about it, why is that important? Okay, well, as a young adult and other adults, young children or like young youth in general looks up to us because like we're older, we're other elders, or we're, you know, have some wisdom or more knowledge than them as they will think. And it starts off with, us like as he mentioned it starts off with us if we start doing something that is good or that benefits us in general then we can pass down that knowledge to the next person or the next young youth that's about to uprise or get their name known or grow up into thinking like oh okay if i want to live on this earth longer then let me start doing this or let me follow the footsteps of one of my idols that i look up to because you look up to whoever that's being successful they look up to those as being more successful than them. And then the more they look up to them, then they want to become successful as well. So it's just like a chain reaction, basically. It's a chain reaction like, oh, if I do good, if I spread this knowledge to this person, the next person would do good and spread this knowledge to this person. How can creativity help that? 
let's say I'm trying to create this this board, for example. If I'm trying to create this board, and I'm trying to spread a message on this board, but also being creative, being creative will draw more attention towards people and towards young youth. Just creative, if it's like, if it's colorful, if it captures your eye, then they'll look at it and then they'll pay attention to it. Nobody wants to look at a boring uh, board that's all white and black and white and everything. They're not going to pay attention to that. But if I put my ideas, if I put my, we have a mind for a reason. So if I put my, you know, if I brainstorm, I put my mind to actually wanting to draw people's attention, then I'll create an audience in general. So this board I got, I'm putting steps on how to start off with cleaning your community or using reusable bags or using reusable cups into helping the environment to improve the air that we breathe in. If I'm printing like lyrics from songs, if I'm printing quotes from your favorite TV shows, if I'm printing like all this stuff that they actually pay attention to, then I'll create an audience and I'll start doing it. All right, cool. Do you have any ideas of how we can express the importance of education to uninspired youth? Yes. Sadly, like a lot of people or a lot of youth don't care about education. They want so fast to get rich and famous, like the fastest way, the easiest way, or they just get rich in general, like the easiest, fastest way. They don't want to pay work into it. They oh, don't, want don't worry. It's, it's not just the youth. There are, pl- <laughs> there are plenty of people out there who want that also, but they're learning more and more as they get older and older that there's no easy way out. Yeah, it all starts with education. Like education is the number one key to getting wherever you're you're at. You know, it's like one of the chance. Like, yeah, a celebrity did all this. They didn't graduate from high school or they didn't finish school, but they're at where they're at now. But it's like that's not going to happen with everybody. Absolutely. Yeah, the way that we can like express or push education even more into youth or into anyone in general to um. Help them read or help them write. Like some people are nervous. Some people are getting embarrassed about like, I'm going to finish school. I don't know how to read or write. And I don't want the next person to know. So then I'll get embarrassed. And then I'll make a fool of myself. And saying like encourage just to get to know the person even more. Maybe start a book club or maybe do special events or maybe invite their favorite artists. You don't see a lot of well-known people I'm not saying that they aren't doing it because I'm pretty sure they are, but you don't see a lot of it. You don't see a lot of them actually taking the time to give back to the community or helping, you know, the youth or anyone in general into striving for education. Because if you have education, you'll get even further in life. You can expand that by be more personal with the person. Be more personal with the person. Yeah, like explain to them, hey, I didn't finish school neither, but let's think of ideas on how we can get back on the right track and to get an education and to see how our life will change with a degree or with a high school diploma. Because now you can't even, sometimes don't even accept you if you don't have a high school diploma. High school diploma? Nowadays, a lot of jobs won't even accept you if you don't have a, a college diploma. And that too. Many, 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 many jobs on the market. The vast majority of jobs. What, what happened was is like this, right? Mm-hmm. 25 years ago, give or take. I don't know the exact number. Mm-hmm. Most people had a high school diploma and some people, a small percentage, had a college diploma. So you needed a high school diploma to get a job, mm-hmm. but to get a better job, you needed a college diploma. Then everybody noticed that if you had a college diploma, you got a much better job. So all the parents started telling their kids, "Get, go to college. You have to graduate from college because that's going to help you get ahead in life. Mm-hmm. So everybody started going to college. 
Well, what happens if everybody goes to college and you didn't? Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden you're the odd one out. So now it's a reasonable thing to sit there and say, hey, look, uh, we're not hiring somebody if they don't have a college diploma. And if they don't have a college diploma, that's it. You're you're done. You can't get a job like that. And so then the people who really want to get ahead, instead of just getting the college diploma, the bachelor's, they have to go and get a master's. So they have to go and get a uh, some type of higher education, you know, a law degree, a, a doctor, mm-hmm. I mean, whatever it is. I mean, they have to just keep on going to school and getting more degrees because it sits there and says, hey, look, um, I'm just that much more educated than everybody else out in the pool. So maybe you should come out in the employee pool. So you should hire me and not the other 150 people that are applying for the same position as I am. Mm-hmm. That's just the reality of the situation is that now now college is almost required to get ahead in life, whereas it used to be, like you were saying, that it was high school that was required to get ahead in life. And the opportunities that are available to people with a college diploma versus people without a college diploma is it's just enormous. It's, it's absolutely enormous. Mm-hmm. I, I want to circle back to a big part of, you know, your mindset is amazing and our mindset really dictates our reality. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and I want to know, like, what do you think are some ways that we can encourage people to have a more positive mindset? Well, as a general, like, it just starts with you. You know, it, do you want, like, it all starts like, do you want to be happy? Do you want to continue to aim for success? Do you want to, like, love yourself? You know, do you want to love your life? Are you happy where you at right now? You know, it all starts with self-questions that you have to ask yourself. Are you happy where you're at now? Or are you happy with the position you are at now? I know in some cases you can't easily remove yourself out of those situations. Like, how me? Like, in my childhood, I couldn't easily remove myself from the situations I was in. As I got older, as I wanted more for myself, I realized, like, I don't want this. I don't want to be just stuck in this bubble of negativity or just toxic it's like a toxic environment. I don't want to surround myself with that. You know, so as I got older, I moved out. I got my own place. I Like, ever since I got my own place, I surrounded myself with light. I got my place, like, where tons of windows, you know, that way I could easily open them up and, and let the sun in. And if anyone was, like, where's time? I usually let the artificial light in, like, or just listening to uh, music that will imitate an outside warmness, summer environment if that makes any sense that's just like surrounding myself with light and surrounding myself with self-love yeah. and it just it all starts with you so if everybody just starts off with that one question do i want to get out of the environment that i am now like am i happy where i'm at now or do i want to love myself do i want to start happy do i want to live life happier or just love myself you no know, it all starts with you so if everybody wakes up and realize am i happy what can I do to make myself happy? What can I do for me, not for nobody else, but for me to realize, like, I'm not, I'm not happy where I'm at. I'm not happy where, who I am. I'm not happy who the person I've become. I want to be better myself. I want to create a stable environment for myself, not for other people. Because you can't help other people if you can't help yourself first. It just all starts with you. I, I love that you say that it all starts with you. and then. You asked a question that I feel like most people will hear that question and say it can't possibly be that simple. Mm-hmm. But what you're telling everybody is that it is that simple. It literally is that simple. Do you want to be happy? Look deep within yourself and answer that question. If you want to be happy, what's stopping you? Right. And get it out of the way and make it happen. Right. All right, so we're going to close this off. What I usually like to close out with is one actionable item that somebody can put into their life today 
to help them on their way to greatness. Mm-hmm. What would you tell people? What message of hope and what message of action to lead them on this path of happiness, to lead them on this path of a positive mindset? What one actionable item would you tell them to do today to help them lead them on that pathway? What I would tell them is just learn to love yourself first. If you start off with self-love, then trust and believe that your journey will be a lot more smooth or a lot easier. It all starts with self-love and, and accepting yourself. Forget if everybody accepts you. No, like Who cares what everybody thinks? It all depends on what you care and what you think of yourself. You got to have self-love. You got to have self-acceptance, you know, because at the end of the day, it all starts with you. Literally, it all starts with you. You got to have self-love and self-acceptance. You got to figure out what's wrong with you first. Fix them. Fix whatever you want to fix about yourself. Don't fix too much because at the end of the day, your flaws are your imperfections. Your flaws will make you different. Your good flaws, not your bad ones, because you don't want to surround yourself with not a lot of bad flaws. But it all starts with like accepting your flaws, accepting yourself, loving yourself, loving your body or loving your mind, or loving your face, your hair. It all starts with just loving yourself. And then that's the start to self-happiness. Thank you. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, no problem. Thank you for having me. We really loved having you. There you have it. The secret to positivity, the secret to happiness, the secret to enjoying yourself in life. It starts with self-love. You got to start by loving yourself. It starts with you. It starts and ends with you. Remember, every day you wake up, you wake up with you. Every night you go to sleep, you go to sleep with you. What kind of thoughts are going through your mind when you wake up? What kind of thoughts are going through your mind when you go to sleep? Are they positive? Are they negative? How can you change them? How can you alter them? How can you figure out a different mindset to use, to view the world in a positive light, to view the world in a way that will brighten up your day, brighten up the day of the people around you and brighten up everybody. It starts and it ends with you. You were born alone. You're going to die alone. It starts and it ends with you. You have the power to change it. Ask yourself a simple question. Do I want to be happy? And it seems so simplistic. It seems like it shouldn't work, but it really does. If you make the choice to be happy, everything else can fall into place afterwards. Everything else. Because it all starts and it ends with you. Just want to give a quick shout out and thank you to Michael Spilzinger for leaving a review. He actually messaged me on LinkedIn. This is not actually publicly available, though I put it on the website. He wrote, just heard your podcast intro episode. As someone who has really struggled with feeling successful in others' perception of me, it really touched me. I am looking forward to the series. Thanks so much for tuning into today's show. We really appreciate it. This is your host, Ari Gunsberg, reminding you to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or on whatever your favorite podcast app is. And also, please make sure to go in and give us a rating, give us a review. Anything that you can do to help us grow this podcast is incredibly appreciated. And remember, keep on going on your way to greatness. Thank you for listening to the Way to Greatness podcast, where we explore the journey from failure and mediocrity to success and greatness. Keep moving on your way to greatness. Join us next week for more stories, inspirations, and interviews. 
to help you achieve the greatness within you. 